Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Yes, indeed. Welcome back again to another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcast. We are pleased, as always, to be part of this vast and always expanding Pantheon Podcast Network. Check out the Metallica stuff uh, that just happened. Um, uh, We're available on Spotify, iTunes, and over 40 other podcast platforms. All right. So this is episode 217. I'm calling this this band's police album. This band's in parentheses police album. Um, I was gonna do this as Led Zeppelin. This is somewhat inspired by my experience with that this uh, this band's Smoke on the Water episode. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I've uh, I've often thought, you know, we did uh, this band's Cashmere before as well, and so I was gonna do this with Led Zeppelin. But then I thought. Well, the show's called History in Five Songs. Uh, let's find a band with five albums and uh, and do it that way. Um, and then pick, uh, you know, one category per album kind of thing. And I thought The Police is perfect for this because uh, I feel like that catalog is a bunch of records that have a distinct personality. There's nothing that you would pair up. They all have, you know, certain characteristics about them, certain ways they sit in the catalog. And I just thought it would be pretty cool to uh, compare some records to that. So the concept is, of course... Um, Essentially, I'm going to be picking albums by bands and saying this is that band's Outlandos Demur kind of thing. Um, and that's the whole idea. So let's get started here. Let's play our first selection here. This is Riot with Angel. All right, so this is from the uh, pretty decent, but not great, Rock City album, the first Riot album. I remember getting this uh, from the delete bin at Magic Mushrooms. I can picture myself uh, walking into that store, you know, way, you know, you go way to the back. It's really cool. It's like a dark den, no windows, um, but a really cool head shop store in, uh, in Spokane. Uh 
but yeah, saw this with the uh, with the seal and like, what is this and blah blah blah. And got it home and I thought, wow, this is pretty cool. This is pretty rock and pretty heavy. New baby band from the states. So uh, so Riot Rock City. How is this this band's Outlandos Demore? So this is 1977. Outlandos Demore is 1978. The uh, the police album went platinum. So uh, you know this is a big success right out of the gates. But the whole idea here is that. I really feel like Outlandos Demore is uh, is a proof of concept. Uh, you're starting to hear this band sound. It's an interesting sound, but they're not being super, super, super policey like uh, yet on this album. It's got some great songs. It's a really good album. I've done a couple of ranking shows where we've looked at. You know, I've I've put this pretty high in the list, um, but it's not quite there because um, you know I'm not super excited about uh, how policey it is at this point. Although it's got some really strong songs, it's well recorded the whole deal. Uh, so the Riot Rock City is kind of the same thing. It's a, it's a good album, but it's no Narita and it's no Fire Down Under. But it, you can hear the Riot sound coming through. But you can also hear that they still have some vestiges of the '70s and you know being a bar band kind of thing. Um, you know, it's a little dated. Um, and then there's a great advancement for Narita and a great advancement for Fire Down Under. And um, so yeah, a couple of honorable mentions in this. Uh, this is uh, this band's Outlandos Demore. Rockarola is Judas Priest's Outlandos Demore. I always thought that that basically. Uh, was proof of concept it sounds like um, just not as great songs as what you would get on Sad Wings but you get the same kind of cool smorgasbord of sounds Um, I think that album's a little bit underrated I mean a lot of Priest fans really like it I I like it quite a bit Um, and you know had had they not gone on and done anything else and that was the only album I think it would be talked about as a classic but Sad Wings is so much better Uh, Black Sabbath is Black Sabbath Outlandos Demore I think again you've got um, the slightly bluesier jammy version a little bit meandering not as heavy version of Black Sabbath that you would get on the next album Max Webster's Max Webster is Max Webster's Outlandos Demore I totally believe this one Um, this is the one that feels uh, just a little bit sawed off um, you know, it's it's missing uh, the Mary, uh, the Gary McCracken, uh, you know, drum signature that he put on uh, that band. Um, so it's just a little bit more rudimentary, but good, solid songs. And and like the Police album, it's got songs that would last into their catalog. Toronto Tontos, Hangover. I mean, it's it's a really good album as well. But that that's almost like the perfect example of this. Kill 'em all is Metallica's Outlandos Demore. Uh, again, I think they invent thrash with that album, um, but it is just like the cruder, more sawed-off version. Everything's a little bit too much about the riff and not about the songwriting that you would get later on. Iron Maiden is Iron Maiden's Outlandos Demore. I totally believe that... Um, you know, you don't have Martin Birch in there yet, so the production is a little compromised. But it's it's also just a little bit kind of uh, looser and less confident that you would get on Killers. I think on Killers, uh, their 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 uh, confidence and their and their sort of world beating mission really comes out on that album versus the debut. Cowboys from Hell is Pantera's Outlandos Demore. Uh, again, I feel like um, this is uh, is a bright, exciting new sound, but it's not fully formed yet. Um, it's a little bit thin at the bottom end, even though it's a it's a really sort of a um, pioneering kind of production sound that you get out of Terry Date there in conjunction with Vinnie Paul. Uh, Richie Blackmore's Rainbow is Richie Blackmore's Rainbows, uh, just to keep it formal. Outlandos Demore. This one I almost didn't put in here because this one almost leads leans a little bit towards why I didn't put Aerosmith Aerosmith in here because it's it's just too far away from how good the band was. Um, 
and and I mean it is like Aerosmith. It is the simpler version, just like the Police album. But uh, but I think there's a there's a big gulf. I was never a big fan of this album. I think they they really step it up for Rising. So it doesn't quite fit because the Police album is pretty darn good. Um, all right, let's take a short break. We'll be Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. (laughs) Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, Looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash Pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Right back. 
All right, back again here, History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff. This band's police album, this band's in parentheses police album, meaning that you're to plug in an album uh, into that title, right? Um, so let's move on here. We're moving on to the second police album. Uh, Regatta de Blanc uh, went platinum. Uh, you know, I, I can't believe it's it's not bigger than that. Uh, it just seems like it should be a bigger album. But we're on to the second album, so... Um, these are albums that I think, uh, you know, ma- yeah, um, mirror the experience of Police on the second album. Uh, take a listen to this. This is Graham Parker with Discovering Japan. All right, this is the perfect example here. Remember, I did the old episode, um, blue second albums, uh, or second albums, blue album cover, something like that. Uh, but, but basically, the idea here is um, I've got some blue album covers, and I'm going to repeat kind of kind of some of this, but I won't go into it in a big big way. But I wanted to play Graham Parker because I just love this album so much. Squeezing Out Sparks, this is his fourth album. This is where I think he really moves away from that. Um, sort of more traditional pub rock sound into just a gorgeous, glorious songwriter. I mean, this album, Squeezing Out Sparks, um, and it's the same same year as um, as Regatta de Blanc, so I wanted to pick it for that reason as well. They're both 1979. This, I think, is an absolute masterpiece. So do the critics. I mean, this is no surprise. Everybody loves this album, but I love the Up Escalator as well and Another Gray Area and The Real Macaw and all those ones, right? Um, great, great stuff. Um, but yeah, ch- check out this album. It's a masterpiece start to finish if you like that uh well if you like that that phil linett world that bruce springsteen world um maybe a little billy joel crossed with elvis costello world but i think literally out of all of those graham parker is the best out of, out of all of them amazing amazing stuff great song um so yes squeezing out sparks is graham parker's regatta de blanc um, I would say Ride the Lightning is Metallica's Regatta de Blanc. Again, this goes back to that blue, uh, blue album cover episode. So you got both are blue album covers, both are second albums. I think Metallica really steps it up for Ride the Lightning. The songwriting is incredible. I remember getting that and just being blown away by how good everything is well put together. Double Vision is Foreigner's Regatta de Blanc. So onto their second album, I think their sound really blossoms and it, and it really, they really key into it. I think the first Foreign album's a little conservatively recorded. Um, I think you really get the Foreigner sound on Double Vision. And again, second album, blue album cover. Uh, Overkill is Motorhead's Regatta de Blanc. Same thing, second album, blue album cover. Their sound absolutely explodes out of the gates when they get their bronze deal. Blackout is Scorpion's Regatta de Blanc. So I believe this is where you really hear... Um, for the first time, the the total major confidence of this band. I mean, this is the third album of the Matthias Jabs era, um, but I think on Blackout, you really get a step up in professionalism and the brightness of that Dieter Dierks recording, and it's a blue album cover as well. Another blue album cover, second album, is Wheels of Steel. Saxon, uh, that is their regatta de Blanc. So they absolutely explode out of the gates. They They step it up. They help invent the new wave of British heavy metal in 1980 versus their their wobbly debut, the self-titled debut. Um, 
high and dry as Def Leppard's Regatta Blanc. Um, so I think here you get um, you, you get the exciting birth and the best version of the Def Leppard sound that we're pretty much ever going to get. Um, but it is essentially you can hear you can hear the high and dry sound even up to you know high uh, hysteria and uh, is that what it's called um, and um, and adrenalize you know all that stuff. But essentially uh, and pyromania of course as well. Um, but uh, but yeah, so second album, a little bit of a blue album cover as well. Um, Progressions of Power is Triumphs Regatta de Blanc. A little bit of a bluish, blackish album cover there as well. Um, but I think this is where you really get the Triumph sound. So this is their fourth album. So they had just the game just before this and Rock and Roll Machine, which is actually a second Triumph album, blue album cover. Um, so yeah, I think here uh, you really get the sound. So yeah, to reiterate, I guess I didn't say this, uh, but I think I think um, uh, Regatta de Blanc is Police's best album. I think it's the exciting uh, birth of their sound, and it's the best their sound is ever going to get. That exciting, exciting, cool Police sound. I think it's the best recorded album out of all five of them. Uh, and I just think everything about it. Uh, it just seems it it just. Um, just bleeds excitement and confidence and that's kind of the theme here i think this is as good as the police will ever get um and it's just an incredible incredible album uh fly by night is russia's regatta de blanc a blue album cover second album again um this is where you really get the rush sound because neil peart comes in um a little bit of an oddball one you can agree or disagree but i think blast tyrant is clutch's regatta de blanc simply because it's the uh, culmination the best clutch will ever sound um the best version of clutch uh the actualization after being always a little bit kind of loose and grungy amazing amazing band but i think on blast tyrant which i believe is 2004 so we're way up into the catalog um is their regatta de blanc for that reason highway to hell is acdc's regatta de blanc i think uh, again i wanted to pick this because both of them are 1979 but i think this is where you really get uh, the acdc uh you know the, the the perfection of the acdc sound everything comes together you know really really well everything before it has you know something of the vestiges of still being a growing band but this is the actualization of their sound i think peter gabriel three melt is uh, his regatta de blanc where you get the exciting culmination the amazingness of his sound that you're going to hear uh even more intensely on security and and still on so but the first two albums i think are are fairly conservative um but this is not a conservative album at all and it's the the exciting you know revealing and uh you know un, uh, blossoming of the peter gabriel sound rain and blood is slayers regatta de blanc um i think after two semi-wobbly albums uh this is where you really get slayer sound it's obviously considered an absolute masterpiece i don't think it's the greatest slayer album i think south of heaven is um yeah, but but basically uh here this the sound comes into being and it and it stays amazing uh, all throughout the catalog the southern harmony and musical companion is the black crows regatta de blanc uh, again a second album and i think this is where you really get the blossoming of the sound um i was surprised to see i think it's only platinum or double no i think it's double platinum but the first one was a huge seller uh and then it drops down i think america goes gold or something i i thought they sold more records than this and i thought this would have been a bigger album the debut but the debut is is massive um pretty pretty weird but yeah the debut is a little more uh sober and um conservative and not as creative so again it it might be uh it might be the band's uh outlandos de more uh there you go let's move on to our third selection here take a listen to this this is xdc with one of the millions 
Okay, so this is from Oranges and Lemons, February 27th, 1989. Uh, one thing that always annoyed me about this album, so we're not quite in the CD age, I bought this as a new release as a double LP. It's 60 minutes and 50 seconds long, so it's a short double LP, and that always bothered me. Um, if you're going to make a double LP, make sure it's emphatically a double LP, and, and just, just, you know, this should be basically 70 minutes minimum, I think, uh, to be a double LP. Um but the idea here is, uh, so so Oranges and Lemons, as well as Nonsuch, is XTC's Zenyatta Mondata. So, so I always had it in for Zenyatta Mondata. I always found it a little trite, flighty, thin on the recording, a little bit too poppy, a little bit like... Here's the big thing. We, we've heard all your cool police tricks, uh, and now you're just kind of doing it again on a bit of a weak tea album, a little bit of a wobbly vanilla sort of album. Uh, I was never a, a, a massive fan of this record, um, so I'm losing patience with the police after one amazing, amazing album, and I don't think they really improve on that previous album. I believe at this time you were starting to hear a little more about uh, you know, they're fighting, they're bickering, so they're not this this cheery band that all gets along. Um, but yes, yeah, so the theme here for our, our third thing is uh, is uh, what is your Zenyatta Mondata? And I think XTC, uh, what bothered me about these last two albums, and then there's the weird stuff later, but this is the last two of the original Big Run. Um, I love XTC to death. They're one of my favorite bands, but I was getting a little impatient. Across Oranges and Lemons, I was not liking the songs very much, and I was feeling, you know what? XTC has an, has an amazing bag of tricks, but I've heard all of these tricks before. It's a little overproduced. It's a little corporate. It's a little Americanized. Nonsuch didn't feel like a great improvement either. Every previous XTC album, I just loved just the, the growth and the interestingness and the surprises that you got across those records. They're all quite different from each other. Um, so yeah, at this point, I'm feeling a very Zenyatta Mondata vibe with XDC, Oranges and Lemons, and Nonsuch. Chinatown is Thin Lizzy Zenyatta Mondata. Um, people would, uh, most people would agree with this. I love Chinatown to death. I also pick them because they're the same color. They both got the orange look to them. Um, but basically, Chinatown is one where uh, fans will say, um, we've heard all your Thin Lizzy tricks before. This is you just shoving them into some new songs that it just felt like, you know, this album didn't really, wasn't screaming to come out, but you needed to make a Thin Lizzy album. You're trying to survive as a band. So so you, you've ticked off all the boxes of what makes Thin Lizzy again. So that is is kind of that thing. Stone Blue is Foghat Zenyatta Mondata. I felt like Stone Blue was kind of like a weaker T version of Night Shift and even the album covers look kind of similar, right? Um, so I've always paired those two records together so I've always felt that that uh, it was just uh, a lesser version of Night Shift which is my favorite Foghead album Scream Dream is Ted Nugent's Zenyatta Mondata again uh, went with the orange color thing orange brown um, but I always felt that Scream Dream although I like it a lot I love it actually. It's it's one of my favorite Ted albums. But it it was where he was getting a little jokey and 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 jumping the shark, uh, so to speak, with uh, Wango Tango and stuff like that. Um, you know, and the and the um, uh, the picture on the back. Um, so yeah, I I just felt like uh, it's a little bit. Um, I'm just kind of being Ted again. You know, 
the productions kind of behaved. Uh, it's it's it doesn't feel like a cohesive, serious album uh, like State of Shock does to me. Um, so yeah, same thing with the Police. I just feel they're a little a little flippant. It's a little trivial. Zenyatta Mondata is Nature of the Beast is April Wine. Zenyatta Mondata. I feel like this is kind of a weak tea version of Harder Faster. Um, ticking off the boxes again. Um, you know, it's got the two super heavy songs, but they but they feel the the album feels again like it's ticking off boxes. Um, definitely this one for those about to rock is ACDC Zenyatta Mondata. Here, uh, same color again, the brown, the orange look. Um, but this has definitely, definitely um, been considered in the ACDC world uh, the weak T version of um, of Back in Black. Um, the corporate version, the did this album really need to sort of come out uh, sort of thing. Um, the House of Blue Light is Deep Purple Zenyatta Mondata. So um, the idea here is that uh, Roger Glover will tell you this. I don't totally agree. I really like House of Blue Light. But, you know, he always says, oh, we make a great album. Then with the follow-up is not so great. We make a great album, follow-up, not so great. So he would actually say probably that um, Fireball... Um, is a little bit of a Zenyatta Mondata to in rock, and who who do we think we are is a little bit of a uh, Zenyatta Mondata to Machine Head, and uh, Abandon is a bit of a Zenyatta Mondata to uh, Perpendicular, and then Bananas. You know, I picked also because it feels like a weak T version of this this version of the band, and it also has kind of the orangey orangey theme too, right? You know, and, and it's got the bananas, which gives you a tropical theme. And I always thought um, Zenyatta Mondata was a little tropical with the likes of Canary in the Cold Mine and do 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 and songs like that, right? Behind My Camel. Um, so yeah, um, I, yeah, I, I, that's another thing that always bothered me about that record. So Bananas uh, has that vibe for me. Um, magic is Gil and Zenyatta Mondata. Um, so, so... The Magic album, the very last Gillen album, people have often thought that it's kind of a little bit, we heard all of Gillen's tricks, they're beautiful tricks, I love this band, um, but they, they seem to be kind of ticking off the boxes of all the things you expect from a Gillen album by the time you get to this Gillen, uh, the last Gillen album. White City is Pete Townsend's and Yadam on Data. I feel like, uh, you know, even the album cover is a clue. The album cover looks like a follow-up album cover to uh, All the Best Cowboys, um, and it feels to me like a weak T version of All the Best Cowboys Have Chinese Eyes as well. Um, just not as good, ticking off some of the same boxes. couple songs are even better than or as good as things on that album, but there's a lot of songs I don't like. Uh, Tonight is David Bowie's Zenyatta Mondata. I feel like, um, you know, we've we've heard the new tricks on Let's Dance, the new David Bowie tricks, uh, but then we get them again on Tonight, uh, and we get them on Never Let Me Down as well. You could say that is as well. Uh, so yeah, the weak T follow-up, uh, follow-up on a theme where the theme was exciting the previous time, this time it's not so much. I feel like that's the whole idea with Zenyatta Mondata. Let's move on. Take a listen to this. This is Rush with Between the Wheels.
Okay, so I picked this as um, basically Grace Under Pressure is Rush's Ghost in the Machine. Um, so the idea with Ghost in the Machine, I've always thought was um, it's layered. It's got a lot of sounds. It's got keyboards, lots of keyboards, uh, whereas this was not a keyboard band before. It's even got horns. It's a little darker. It's a little more ambitious. I really like it. I really respect it. I respect it more than I like it. I mean, I like it quite a bit, but there's also a bunch of songs that kind of rub me the wrong way and that's exactly how I feel I, I needed to pick this one first because Grace Under Pressure is all those things I feel like it's a little dark it's a little cold it's definitely got a lot of layers and keyboards and stuff it sounds ambitious it sounds maybe a little overwrought um and it's got a few songs on here that really rub me the wrong way, but I respect the whole package and the whole concept so much that I really like Grace Under Pressure. I wanted to pick this song because it even sounds like Spirits in the Material World, which is the first song on Ghost in the Machine. Um, so yeah, I, I really feel that this is there. And obviously there's the the tie-in of, uh, of Neil Peart and the band in general, you know, being fairly uh, influenced by the police at this time. So that's kind of Im important. Um, I think 1013 is Sammy Hager's Ghost in the Machine. I think that's his most serious and ambitious album. It's my favorite of all the solo albums. Um, I think he really super tries hard on that one. Um, 90125 is Yes's Ghost in the Machine. I feel this is their gleaming high-tech ambitious sort of uh you know uh reinvention of the band and i think ghost in the, in the machine is a, is a modest reinvention of the police but 90125 we know is a huge reinvention rage for order is queensreich's ghost in the machine so this is them um you know stepping it up a notch being a little more atmospheric a little more electronic a little more daring ambitious the dreaming is kate bush's ghost in the machine uh, i feel this is the one where she moves away from the conservative piano-based songwriting Kate Bush and there's all these weird and interesting songs and it's really avant-garde so I think this is her really trying harder and turning in a super ambitious album uh, The Top is The Cure's Ghost in the Machine again I feel like this is uh, one of their production tour de forces where everything before is pretty simplistic um you know, that bass six and, and very simple drum machines and simple keyboards and stuff. I think the top is quite an elaborate album and it's dark and interesting and uh, like I say, ambitious. So I think that's theirs. Foreign Lawful Carnal Knowledge is Van Halen's Ghost in the Machine. I think that's uh, a little darker, more ambitious, longer, heavier. Um, so a little more uh, oppressive. I think they try harder on this album. It's a little less casual, so that fits. Uh, and Justice for All is Metallica's Ghost in the Machine. Here I feel again, uh, it's a darker, more inside baseball, a little more complicated, a um, little more serious. A Tongue Baby is U2's Ghost in the Machine. So here I feel like U2 is, is putting aside all their... Um, you know, sort of analog, simple, traditional songwriting. I mean, great albums and stuff, um, but they're but they're moving on from uh, you know, basically it was a slow evolution through all those albums. Boy, October War, Unforgettable, Unforgettable Fire, uh, Rattle and Hum. But but you know, it's essentially U two being U two. Uh, but a tongue baby is when they start making a lot of crazy, um, you know, annoying noises. I'm not I'm not a big fan of that album at all. It it really bothered me. Um, but yeah, I can hear a little bit of that. Uh, let's throw everything in, but the kitchen sink thing that I think you get on Ghost in the Machine. All right, let's move on. Take a listen to this. This is Robert Plant with Dance on My Own. I don't know what to do. No, I don't know what to do. 
Okay, so the theme here is now in Zen is Robert Plant's synchronicity. Um, so it, it's almost funny. I almost feel like this is Robert Plant's Dream of the Blue Turtles Sting solo album. I think that's what it's called, right? Um, this is Robert Plant wanting to be Sting, wanting to be the aristocratic, high-end commercial rock star, um, taken, taken more seriously, leaving the niche sort of thing. And I, I feel like Synchronicity, um, well, you know, Synchronicity is still a very creative album. But it is uh, where they absolutely blew the doors off of the band's success level commercially. They went eight times platinum with this album. And this uh, is also uh, analogous to the Now and Zen because this is Robert Plant's biggest album. It went three times platinum. Um, February 29th, 1988. But I wanted to play this song because I, I feel it has the, the cool, austere sort of sound, the more upscale sound that I think you you get on Synchronicity. Um Synchronicity also to me, I love Synchronicity, but uh, it's what I call a Peaks and Valleys album where I really, really love some songs on it so much. They're almost my favorite songs by the band, Synchronicity 1, Synchronicity 2. And then there's a bunch of songs I don't like very much on it as well. But so it all evens out in the end and I and I love it a lot. Um, it's also the last album. It's, uh, it's where we really know that the fragmentation is happening. So all of these things go into the personality of this. Draw the Line is Aerosmith's Synchronicity band breaking up a lot of problems fighting a lot and draw the line uh is my favorite aerosmith song by a long shot and uh it's got some other great songs but then some songs that aren't so great so i'll go with that um also a white album cover waiting for the night by the runaways uh is the runaways synchronicity uh, so i've always considered that a peaks and valleys album the first two runaways albums i i find are are even and entertaining and this one's kind of up and down and a little more complicated genesis is genesis's synchronicity uh again huge huge album um and uh, both 1983 so they're definitive of a sound of a sound in a year so I always put those two together Dogman is king's x's synchronicity we got the color thing going um dog man came where you could get uh, you can walk up to your cd store and buy it either in red and blue or blue or yellow um so they so they switched around the cmyk colors so you had these different album covers and the police moved those color spheres uh smooshes around and actually even changed the um the pictures behind them as well the black and white pictures so there's 36 different variants of, uh, of synchronicity. Peter Gabriel's, uh, so is Peter Gabriel's synchronicity. Um, I feel like here it's a Peaks and Valleys album and it's also the more commercial, austere, it's the big breakthrough. Um, so it, it's a, it's a mainstream for whatever reason. I mean, I think so is super creative and so is synchronicity, but they were the big albums by the band and another white album cover. Um, Hounds of Love is Kate Bush's synchronicity. Obviously, Peter Gabriel make, made me think of Kate Bush, but but so this is Kate Bush streamlining a little, and it's also her biggest album. The Head on the Door is The Cure's synchronicity. Um, I think this is the more peaks and valleys, easy drinking uh, album, um, more more conventional again since uh you know past the top so the top lines up with ghost in the machine stay hungry is twisted sister synchronicity again peaks and valleys is the big big thing here i think this has some of their heaviest songs and some of their poppiest songs uh and a ballad right so it's so it's up and down all over the place where where the first two albums are a little more uniformly uniformly in the middle of heaviness, although there's some total heaviness there too. Uh, the Revolution by Night is Bullish to Cult Synchronicity. Again, 
It's quite commercial. It's the same year. It's it's the last. I mean, they're going to break up, sort of. Um, but police is going to break up. Um, so it's a little modern, um, but it's definitive of that year. It sounds like an 83 album. Ben Tata Shape is Rainbow Synchronicity. Same year again. Peaks and Valleys album again. And also Inside Baseball Sound. So this is something else I feel about Synchronicity, where you really have um, this idea of... Uh, uh, bent out of shape is is like the culmination of that Joe Lynn Turner sound. It sounds so good and so much like this band that they've really grown into their personality. And I feel like synchronicity uh, is almost like contemplative and loud at the same time. So it's got the quiet and the loud. And so Rainbow has those dynamics as well. But I feel like uh, you're, you're, you're really kind of... Um, you know, I know this goes a little bit against. I, I think Regatta de Blanc is the essence, essence, essence of of a certain police sound, but this is almost like the essence of their personalities more. Uh, I think uh, the long run is the Eagle Synchronicity again. Last album, Acrimony. Um, it's got some heaviness to it, um, so it's up and down. It's peaks and valleys, um, but it, it just feels and it's got that kind of like somber vibe to it, and I think Synchronicity has that as well. Let it be as the Beatles Synchronicity. The the post uh, breakup um, album or as they're breaking up sort of thing, um, you know, not as not as critically acclaimed as Abbey Road was. Um, but yeah, so we got that. Um, there you go. So those are my five categories um, of the five um, the police albums. And I'm going to just rattle off some more playful honorable mentions here that I'm not going to explain. You can go figure them out for yourself. Bugs is Pearl Jam's mother. Revolution number nine is the Beatles mother. Missing You is John Waits' Every Breath You Take. More Than Words is Extremes' Every Breath You Take. Charlotte the Harlot is Iron Maiden's Roxanne. Uh, Indiscipline is King Crimson's Be My Girl Sally. Message in the Bottle, uh, sorry, Smoke on the Water is Deep Purple's Message in a Bottle. In Every Dream Home a Heartache is Roxy Music's Be My Girl Sally. Born in 58 is Bruce Dickinson's Born in the 50s. Um, Love Theme from Kiss is, is Kiss... Regatta de Blanc, the song. Radio Gaga is Queen's Da Do 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 Da 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 Da. Hooligan is Kisses on Any Other Day. Mescalero is ZZ Top's Every Little Thing She Does Is Magic. Why Does My Mother Phone Me is Bram Tchaikovsky's Mother. The End is The Doors' Mother. Sartori and Tangier and The Sheltering Sky are both King Crimson's Tea in the Sahara. Lark's Tongue in Aspic 2 is King Crimson's Synchronicity 2. Smithers Jones is the Jam Synchronicity 2. And, go check this one out, Loch Ness is Judas Priest's Synchronicity 2. So there you go. If you like this episode and want to support future episodes, please go to ko-fi.com uh, slash Martin Popoff. Hit that red support button and buy me a coffee or a pint. This week, I would like to thank Joe Becht, Andy at Black Sugar Transmission, Dominic Clay, Tim Derling, John Olson, Augustin Garcia de Pretty, Steve Polari, Mark Putnam, John Stuckey, William Walker, and Daryl Woodard. Thank you all very much. Exciting day over here. Um, just got in my Bluish to Cult panel book, Dominance and Submission, the Bluish to Cult canon. You can get that. I signed them and shipped them out. PayPal buttons, all that, blah, blah, blah. Martinpopoff.com. Um, you can check out our YouTube channel as well, The Contrarians. Um, and there you go. Yeah, still got the, still got the David Bowie, uh, the big book, the, the Pink Floyd. Basically, anything that's showing a price there should be in print. There's the odd one. Maybe not, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll eventually get them back in stock. Got it. Got back in stock a lot of the Weimer stuff, so I've got um, pretty much all the visual biographies at this point. Um, but yeah, the new one is the Bluish Occult. 
Um, so yeah, um, I will leave you with a homework assignment today. Go play that Graham Parker album, Squeezing Out Sparks. Absolute classic. I'm going to play it right now. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at R and R Archaeology. <laughs>